I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. Hi, everyone. My name is Arlen Hamilton, and I am the founder and managing partner of Backstage Capital. We're an investment firm that invests in underestimated founders. Uh, have invested, actually raised more than 20 million at this point, and invested in over 20, 200 companies. Thank you. And I'll be doing a fireside after this conversation with Vicky, and I'm really excited to have you here, Vicky. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with yeah, you. Yeah. So I, I haven't done a lot of live podcasts because of COVID, right? I wanted to, we had a tour planned and everything, but I haven't gotten to do it. So this is actually kind of a cool experiment, a little fun uh, from my perspective. But um, I know, I know, like who, who got a lot out of Vicky's uh, yes. keynote? Yeah, I was in the back. I came in, you know, uh, came in and I saw people just frantically writing notes and writing uh, things. So you, are you used to that at this point where people are taking your your words just, of wisdom. Yeah, you never know. Uh, sometimes <laughs> they're like, "What?" Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's really very rewarding to just to share the stories because I think a lot of this the experiences that we had have resonated. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you are are you Canadian or am I just missing I that am. completely? Okay. Yeah. You're Canadian. What? Where, where do you live in, Can in Canada? I'm uh, living in Toronto. If I call it Canada, will you be a? a I, you can call it whatever you. Okay. Call it. <laughs> Canada, Toronto area. Yeah. So. I've uh, gotten to know a little bit about you over the years. I know we've, we've talked over the years, too. She-EO, for my audience who's listening right now, uh, a few weeks from now, and for the audience here who may have missed it or just wants you know, a, a, a reconfirmation of what you do, how do you describe She-EO to someone who's never heard of it before? Yeah, I mean, so we have a, a new model for supporting uh, women and non-binary entrepreneurs that are working on what we call the world's to-do list. Like they have businesses that are solving major challenges that we're facing. And we have a really unique sort of crowdfunding and crowdsourced approach to it. So women in our community, activators we call them, not investors, they contribute 1100 bucks a year as a gift into a shared fund. And then all of us vote for the kinds of ventures that are the ones that applied that we're most excited about. So it's this collective decision-making, trusting the intuition of hundreds of women to pick uh, those folks who get the capital. And then they get these 0% interest loans, which is a pretty good rate. And uh, it's paid back over five years and then loaned out again. So we have, it's this oh. regenerative capital cycle. It's like just a little, pay, like Kiva a little bit, but yeah, with, little with impact of 
making sure that it goes into companies yeah. led by women, correct? Led or, by women and non-binary folk. And we're, we have a big focus always uh, on diversity, those who are most sort of pushed to the margins by systems. So about 45% of our... Um, Checks. I'm old school talking about checks. We don't write checks, yeah. but I say VCs checks. VCs like to say yeah, checks, exactly. too. Checks. We think we're cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, checks um, to uh, about 45% of our founders are black, indigenous, women of color. And in our portfolio, about 12% globally are indigenous-led. So we've been you know, very, very focused on that. Yeah. And then that feeds into your overall kind of mission in life, it sounds like, which is the that entrepreneurship, how would you describe that mission, That because they're a thesis, actually? Yeah, I mean, for me, first of all, I don't understand why we spend any money on anything that's making the world worse. So, like, any extractive business models, no thank you. Um, and, and it's this idea that it's actually way easier to be an entrepreneur in community together where others want to help you and support you. And so our approach has been very much, it's not just the capital that we provide, the 0% interest loans, but it's the access to all of these well-connected folks that want to share whatever influence they have to help. And so from marketing to opening doors to emotional support when it's really tough, a lot of our ventures are at, like deeply in the roots of systems change and, and all the blocks that you hit. And that's a very long-term game with a ton of patience that you need. And so I regularly and lots of other people in the community take calls from folks that have hit the 14th barrier this week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was, like, that was oh me, my, my bad. I yeah. didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, those are I'm on 14 right now. Yeah, you're on 14? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and because this is this podcast, by the way, is your first million, so check it out if you haven't had a chance to. Because it's your first million, a lot of our listeners like to hear those numbers. So how many members do you have, or what can you say about what dollars you've put into the system yeah. with this model. Yeah, so we uh, currently have around uh, $11, 12000000 million that has been loaned out, like 1000 bucks at a time, <laughs> uh, into yeah. this fund. Uh, and that's being loaned out to about 120 founders. Yeah. Our check size is around $100,000. Um, and then a five-year loan. Some people pay it back faster. Some people pay it back slower. But that's just rotating forward. And I like that because, I mean, I've spent the last decade of my life with the same thesis um, but from a more of a for-profit kind of angle, is there, what is the business model though? Cause it, some people hear nonprofit yeah. and they think, oh, there's no business model, but there has yeah. to be a business model, right? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, the activators who are contributing capital, a portion of their, the money that comes in, uh, goes to us operations, making this yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and it, it really started with, it was just like, you're gifting this capital. We're getting it out the door as quickly as possible. And then what happened is in our community wanted to be more involved. And the founders, after a few years, were like, actually, the value of the community support is worth way more yeah. than well, the check that we're getting. I will say the check yeah. is worth something, though. We it's all huge. know in this room the check is worth huge. something. Absolutely, it is. And then the resources around it. And I, I love the model, too, because we're purposely not nonprofit because they have a very strong stance about what we are, who we are in the industry. But... I like your model because you don't have to be accredited yep. to send a loan out. Right, and that's what is, is that barrier for so many people. It's a huge, uh, yeah, I just, this stuff drives me crazy that we still have these rules. Yeah. It's like, if you have a lot of money, you can make more. Yeah. And if you don't, you can't. Oh, and sure. you're locked out. It's oh, just sure. like the systems are just so set up to separate. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited by all of the financial innovation that is so then, being sparked by that. So then people can write that off as part of their donations That's for the correct. year. Yeah. 
That's exciting. Yeah, only in the U.S., though. Like, other countries, you have very advanced uh, laws around being able to loan money to for-profit companies that have strong social purpose, but most other countries don't. Can people in the U.S. uh, contribute to this, though? So everybody in this room, if they wanted to, or everybody listening, if they wanted to, could give uh, 1100 I just think it's fascinating. Yeah. I'm actually thinking, like, wheels are spinning right now. I'm like, maybe we can have this sort of arm because yeah. it is so difficult to raise traditional funding. It is. And yeah. to do the thing that we are just meant to do, I mean, that's such a hurdle, totally. even though it's been, you know, all these millions. It's a drop in the bucket, you know, and then Truly. you do it. But then I would imagine if you have, what did you say, 100 company, 120 companies yeah. or so? Yeah. Do those companies interact with each other? Oh, yeah, other? a lot. Yeah, yeah. tell there's, me a little bit a about that alchemy and that, how that comes Alchemy from. is my favorite word these days. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, so part of the thing is when you're in that community of others who, so like a year, so we have a country-based model, so if you activated in the U.S. and contribute your $1,100, you get a tax receipt here, uh, and that money only goes to U.S.-based ventures. Right, so our, we don't cross oh, borders with the money, yeah. so the money stays in each country. We're in Canada, U.S., New Zealand, Australia, and the U.K. So that's how it works. And those ventures get together. Like last year, we had an all-black cohort, all-black women-led cohort, which was amazing, all voted on by our community. And they were like, when they came to the retreat online because of COVID, they were like, what happened here? Like, this is not our usual experience of being in this group, which was really, it was so, so, so amazing. And then they all started to share their stories of who was saying they wrote checks but didn't, Mm -hmm. who's supporting but who isn't, how do you get into these big retailers, who's having support. There's just a lot of shared, I mean, we, we have very similar journeys many of us. And so to share, like, watch out for this. Oh, that person. No. Oh, yeah. Like, that stuff the is back channels are my helpful. favorite part of being an investor at Backstage. The back channels. Because founders are going to talk to each other, especially in a safe space, and they're going to tell us who is doing wrong in the ecosystem. And then we make sure that other founders don't go, don't go near them. Near them. Yeah. It's powerful. You were talking about things other than money being powerful. That is power because we're going to protect each other and you can maybe get away with a couple of times doing wrong by someone, but it's going to come back. Absolutely. And I think that's really, really strong. Yeah, yeah. So when you, when you share that information, I think that's a really key thing. And then there are always, people are at different stages of their business. And so to, to be talking to people that are a little bit ahead of you, that have been through similar situations, I mean, everyone has a different experience. Your experience isn't going to be someone else's, but it's very helpful to share mm-hmm. along the way. So... And then um, I heard somewhere that, and then you said this out loud, so I'm, I'm hoping that I'm. <laughs> Uh-oh. I yeah, heard. I no, I heard somewhere that you had this sort of epiphany at 50, and you may have spoken about it right before I walked in, but you had this epiphany at 50 that can you can you speak to it? Do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, I had a it, lot of yeah. Well, it was day, I have to say <laughs> it was about how you were going to live your the rest of your life and how you weren't. Going, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I've. I think what I did was I really sort of came into my confidence um, when I was 50. I'm like, you know, that line about not very many F's left to give. Yeah. Like, a age. Um, but I had spent, you know, a huge part of my life. I took a company public when I was in my early 30s uh, and then got summarily sort of turfed out of it uh, within a couple of years by an all-white mail board. I had an all-white mail board. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Uh, that was just like the awareness at the time, like super crazy. Uh, And people warned me and I'm like, it'll be fine. Uh, It was not fine. Um, And so that experience really, um, 
it took me a long time to get over the mistakes I made during that time and, and the how mistakes I, they made by yeah. getting rid of it. Yes, yeah. that's thank you. Um, and still getting over it. Thank yeah. you. No, that sounds like day. they made more mistakes yeah. than you did. No, totally. And then this whole piece around how it's very important to surround yourself with people who've got your back mm-hmm. and have your values. And so I have been a really like lifelong mentor to thousands of entrepreneurs. It's my favorite thing to do. And I witnessed, uh, right around the time I was 50, a young woman who was being said, like all the things, she had a rocket ship of a company like I did at the day, and they were starting to say the same things to her. Like, you know, we're going to replace you with someone who really knows what they're doing. Like all these things. And I thought, oh my God, here it's happening again to the next generation. And I had one of those, like, not on my watch. Yeah. No, this is not going to happen. I will do whatever I can to make sure that these founders are protected um, with their ideas because we need these different kinds of leadership. We need these approaches. And so then I, you know, traveled across Canada and saying, I had this crazy idea. What if, you know, women came together and contributed capital and we supported these founders? Because at that time, about 2% or 3% of capital went to uh, women-led founders and no one was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And now it's a thing. Um, and the numbers are still the same. Nothing's really changed. Like, we're out there doing this work, right? But systems are really, like, holding on yeah. to try and keep it the way it is. So, yeah, that was a big epiphany. And then it was just this, like, building my, does anyone else care about this? And building the community. Mm-hmm. And so that's grown over time. And how many people work at CEO? Yeah, we have a small team. Uh, there's about 10 of us. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing all the stuff to keep 120 companies rolling through. And uh, we've had about 7,000 activators over the years mm. come in and out. Um, so, yeah. I would imagine those activators, as you call them, who make donations, there's probably some stories there where they oh have met each other and gone on to Yeah, well, that was the big surprise um, because that they became a community and then they wanted to help each other grow their businesses. And so we're in this sort of evolving thing as we move towards Coralist, where we've gone from we're just here to fund those founders to we're actually here to fund each other. And so um, we're in this process where basically we're all, it's community capital that's going to be funding the community. We're not going to write checks to people outside the community who aren't participating. What if, does that ever block someone, though, who can't afford personally $1,000? Yeah, we have a whole sort of gifted approach mm-hmm. and ways for people to get in otherwise. Um, so yeah, and we're just about to, we're gonna, yeah. I'm like putting all the secrets out there. We're going to do a sliding scale thing. And yeah, it is, a, it is a lo- low barrier to entry already, but I just know. No, it's an know, issue. Some people Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So you're always innovating and kind of just adapting to what's going on to make yes. it work. Which what's, is what's part that? of the problem. Why is that? <laughs> well, as innovators, right, we're always like, how about we do this? How about we yeah. do that? So there's like a pretty high form of yeah. chaos, I would say. And people are outside are always like, she's crazy, crazy, yep. crazy until she's a genius. Yeah, I have so many people who have like, I've done something and they're like, oh my, are you okay? Oh, oh. <laughs> and then uh, like six months later, they'll see the fruit of it and they'll be like, I always knew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that you were on the right track. It was, you're so brilliant, Erlen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's great, it's great. So what is that North Star, even to put a finer point on it, because I, I do think this is really important to take away. What do you think thousands of women, millions of women having, being entrepreneurs, what do you think that does to change the world? Uh, everything. I mean, I, the fundamental sort of like uh, red thread that I see through most of the founders that are coming our way, they have a fresh take on what the world, how it should be organized and designed because they've been left out of it. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we're living in this like mono approach of a singular way of doing things, which is not serving anyone except for the five dudes who've already won. Mm-hmm. Right? There are actually five of them, and they're yeah. all called Jim. Or yeah, Chris. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, right? Like there are five people have the same wealth as half the planet. Like that is a completely broken civilization, and it must get rebooted. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we fundamentally believe in those that have been most excluded have really edge views on like how this could be rebooted. Yeah. So that's where I want to put my time. Yeah. Um, you mentioned f- briefly during your keynote and then you said you didn't want to step on someone else's talk. So I don't want to do that. You yeah. can kind of discern. But you mentioned that you took a six month sabbatical yeah. in the thick of things. Yeah. Talk to me about the decision to do that and then how it was. Yeah. Um, so I'm always uh, talking about doing things on your own terms. Like we became entrepreneurs so that we could do things our way. And then why would you just then follow what everyone else tells you to do, which is work 24 seven and blow yourself out you know, continuously. So about a year before, uh, it, like right in the middle of COVID, I'm like, I'm kind of done. Like I, I really need a break, but like not a little one. I need a big one. Mm-hmm. So I went to the team and I said, what if I took a big break, like six months? And I was waiting to see people go, oh, my God, no, you can't do that. Everyone's like, sure, do it. And I went, what? Okay. So then I went to my board, and they were like, yeah, you need to do that, Uh, which was really great. And so then we spent a year just like, does everyone notice what I do? (laughs) There's some gaps. Like, do you notice the gaps? And so we had this really fantastic sort of call. And then it was to the community, can you support when I'm not Did you say there's a year before you went on the six month? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so we took a year to kind of plan it. Yeah. which, um, you know, that was just my way of yeah. doing it and, like, making sure everyone was comfortable and getting it going. But it, 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 that was, it's, like, one of my greatest accomplishments, to be able to step away from something in the midst. And then you did it. And I did. how was it for you? Is it give you Because you came back. That's I did the thing. come back, yeah. I always talk about sabbaticals because I want to, I'm a big proponent of sabbaticals. I'll probably take one myself soon. Yeah. But people worry, they're gonna, not going to come back. I'm going to learn how to salsa. It's going to be over. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, imagine you saucing. It probably would Salsa? be Salsa? Oh, yeah. Um, so my first breakfast back was with my board chair, and that was her first question. So are you staying? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so in. I'm, like, very, very excited. I know that a lot of people, when they do, step back. But I, I'm, like, quite aware of this is my dream. Yeah, yeah. I love everything I do every day. It's amazing. I just had too much of it. Yeah. And, you know, in COVID, I was... It's like ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, you got to take a break. Totally. Yeah, I haven't reached that point yet, but I heard. <laughs> Every once in a while. So you went away. Yeah. You kind of found yourself. Yeah, I just brought yourself I, back. Yeah, I needed to plug into like what really mattered. Yeah. Uh, again, and to to get back to the place I love. And I, uh, we were doing, I don't know, twelve to fourteen hours of Zoom calls a day, um, around the world. So like always on, you know, yeah. north south hemisphere. And I, by the time that I was doing that, I thought it was kind of normal, right? Like, we're so adaptable to things. I'm like, it's fine. My husband's like, uh, you know, you had 47 minutes between calls and you went onto the Peloton for 45 minutes yeah. in and out of the shower. And like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? And it, and it was, yeah, ridiculous. So when you came back, did that change too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not back until Monday. Okay. Um, but do, but you yes, plan on, do you plan on that changing? Because you, know, you are working right yeah, yeah. now. You know this. Right? Yeah, I, this is work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but do, that you plan on that changing too? Or do you think that that's not possible? That is 100% possible. Okay. I mean, you can design whatever you want, right? Yeah. So the question is then, how might we... So I have a re- redesign of what we're doing 
yeah. like, with the team so that that works for me. And we're always asking people on the team, like, how do you want to change the conditions so we, you can be the best that you can be here? And then it's this negotiation and navigation with the whole team, right? Mm-hmm. And the more that you put into what you need, the better the work is. Yeah. So. And it's a, it's strategic too because it keeps the company going. Yeah. You don't want you want don't want the person at the helm burning out to the yeah. point where it's just it goes off. And then also, if you go away and come back a better better person, yeah. uh, whatever that means then the people working for you, and I'm saying this from experience, yeah. sometimes the people working for you need a break from you. Like, yes. like I, I need a break from them, and sometimes they need a break from me. Yeah. And, you know, you come back, because things get tense around money. We've noticed that anybody who has a company, you know that some, any arguments you have, usually around money, or because you're stressed about money, you're kind of yeah, go, going out of character for that. Um, um, so going back to what you were saying earlier, oh, actually, before that, yeah. Two or three takeaways, pieces of advice for someone in this room, someone listening to the podcast, who want to take a sabbatical. Maybe this is the first time they even thought that was possible because of your story. Two or three pieces of advice just from what you said before. Yeah, so I, uh, well, first of all, I did a whole reflections call um, and it's recorded so I can share the link um, of what I learned when I was going uh, on this trip. Um, and a lot, I think that we're, if you go on a sabbatical too, we're going to spark like a revolution of sabbaticals. Uh, oh, that's, so I'm, people, I'm on oh, the record saying yeah. I want to do that. If you can take, if you can take a break, then, you know, uh, all of us can. And I, I think we just sort of forget that this is a possibility. So this slowing down to the sort of speed of life, I, I did a walking sabbatical. So I went and walked the Camino uh, trail in, in, um, Spain, and then I walked all through Portugal, and I ended up walking over 1,400 kilometers, which I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I walked 1,400 kilometers, <laughs> you have to brag. It's like, it's pretty, 1,400 yeah, kilometers, pretty that's what, like two thing. or three miles, or how does that yeah, translate? Yeah. <laughs> About that, yeah. 1,400 kilometers. Yeah, yeah like 1,000 miles. That's 1,000 miles. Yeah. That's like, a, there's like three different songs. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa Carlton, that 1,000 miles dude from Ireland. Yeah. There's a third one. Oh, 20,000 Mile In is a German song. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, I get easily distracted by numbers. It's and all numbers. good. Yeah, numbers, numbers are exciting. So I, the, um, the other part was I had all these plans um, when I was away thinking, especially knowing I was doing a walk, that I will, um, I mean, that's so many podcasts I want to listen to. There's, I, I was so excited about that. I didn't listen to a single podcast. Really? I Journaling. I, I walked in silence that yes. whole time. And the message from the universe was empty, sister, empty. Because I, I accumulate so much. I'm constantly synthesizing data. I'm like listening to your podcast, listening to other podcasts, finding themes, adding it in, sharing it with the yeah. person it matters for. Yeah. Doing all these matches, business Yeah, matching. just like total super connector brain. Uh, and to just let it all go out um, was amazing. And then, you know, I got a couple of emails from people saying, we know something big is being birthed for you on your way back. Can't wait to hear it. And I'm like, nothing. Like, Echo. literally nothing Echo. is coming through. Zero. Um, until I came back. So uh, that was that, also the patience itself, of that. It's like a scary thing. It's right? so profound. Think about that. Yeah. Like, the big thing you took away was nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Just a huge kind of release from that. Uh, and Were you then, able to hear yourself better? 
Yeah. Like your 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 direction and what you really wanted out of life and things Everything, like that. Everything. I mean, well, first of all, because I did walk so far, it was like one step in front of the other. Part of the thing, I, I'm not a walker. I wasn't a walker before I went. So, you know, just before I left, I'm like, can I actually walk 25K a day? Like, that seems like... Anyway, 17 miles for you. Um, is, you know, is that an issue? Um, and so I, one of the things I really learned on this is we can do anything if we slow down to a pace that works for us. Right? Anything. And so if you get into this, like, what works for you? What is, and the Camino is very much that kind of a walk where people go on their own terms at their own pace. Some people walk 10K a day. Some walk 30K a day. Whatever works is for there you. Anyone is fine. walking, you know, half k a day. <laughs> it's Making possible. It. You just oh, need yeah. a lot of time off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. People, I'm going to have a walking like stick. It. You don't understand what's happening in my, in my mind right stick. now. There's yeah. a walking stick. There's a hat. <laughs> there's, there's a really good hat. <laughs> there's yeah. a whole situation going. There's okay. A really good hat. Yeah. You know, as we um, as we start to wind up here. Uh, a good friend of mine and a good friend of Rachel Rogers, who you'll see tomorrow, who's amazing. If you're, please see her if you don't, if you're planning. Um, her name is Sunira Madari, and she is a Pakistani woman who has a billion dollar plus company built from scratch. And she says, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Right? And th that's what I've been thinking about you during your keynote yeah. and during this conversation. What's a takeaway you can take from that and your own thesis? Yeah, I mean, I, I truly believe that we um, women, I'm going to make a generalization here, but uh, when we think about where to deploy our capital, it, it very often considers caring for people um, and, and taking care of what's going on in our community. It's very rarely has anything to do with like trying to exploit human needs. And at this moment in time, uh, I think it's absolutely critical that we bring that kind of vibe to money um, and shift what we value in the world. It's just, we are so needed out there. Uh, and so giant invitation for those who would like to create a better world. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on Your First Million and for uh, being in front of this audience once again. Thanks for the invite. Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen was here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton. And it was Theme song is used by permission by the artist Tobey Nguigwe.